What's going on? This is Matt Verlack and Jake Johnson, founder of Fight Club. Episode number four. Come on. Four times we've done this now. I it's love a, it. It's amazing. And for those of you that know that my wife is, is pregnant, she is still pregnant. We are at eight months and three weeks. Mm. So if you hear someone flying down the stairs <laughs> screaming for me, that means I'm out. That'll be our first live episode coming at you from the hospital. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. Good. Sensitive subject to talk about today. It's a good one. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, we're going to dive into core values. And, um, you know, we've been a company for a long time and been a part of a couple different organizations that had core values. I don't know that I've ever been a part of a company or an organization that actually leveraged their core values. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of these things that I know I've always been told you're supposed to have. It's one of the boxes that you check. And up until very recently, thanks in large part to some of the work that Jake has done on our core values, I've never actually used them for anything. Like I've got the values that I live by um, and, you know, try to be a good person, try to be honest and all the same stuff that everyone says they live by. But in the context of a company, um, it's going to be interesting today to kind of unpack our first pass at having core values, why they didn't really have much of an impact at all how the growing team uh, kind of forced us to figure out how to make them more impactful. And now for the first time in my life, I've actually seen a couple of scenarios where um, I know how to use them. Like I know what they're for and I know how we can evaluate our performance and our behavior based upon them to make sure that we're doing things the way that we want to. So I think it'll be an interesting topic of conversation today. I think it's so wild to like really dive into like having been in organizations that have core values, but I have not been a believer of core values. Like it's been one of those things that like I believe just like you do in our own high personal values. And we have so many things that are important and impactful that we personally do and we personally believe in. Um, However, like some of that stuff gets fogged in, in business and relationships and um, it's easy to lose touch with that stuff and never, you know, measuring that back against a document that is thoroughly, you know, we thought about and we made sure it was categorized appropriately and, and everything. It made me a believer. And so two and a half minutes into this podcast, if you're not a believer of core values, um, it's worth listening to because yeah. um, we have some situations and scenarios that have happened in real time since we've had the core values that um, have been have been super eye opening to say the least. So um, super excited to dive into it. I want to go through the history of uh, what we wasn't even values when we created them the first time. Um, our ethos, yeah, and it's important to talk about how our first attempt at this was well-intentioned and completely ineffective. I think that's a good starting point. Um, you know, when we started, it was actually our previous company, uh, which was called Run Your Gym, or really the company that would turn into Uplaunch. We started with a mission and some values because, again, it was something that I thought we were supposed to do. And there were things that Jake and I believed in, but to a large part, I mean, there were four of us for quite some time and everyone yeah. was pretty like-minded around that stuff. And it just, it never really came up. And so we, uh, well, we talked, we talked about it. Like we made this whole push to like, Hey guys, super excited. Like, but it was just like, I, I'm just going to use the example, like a slide on the deck. Right, you right. know what I mean? It was just something that like, we really thought we had to have. And so we put thought into it, but really the thought um, that we put into it was like a brain dump in a, a binge worthy moment, you know, where <laughs> right. we're just like, man, like, well, this is really important. And this is really important. This is really important. Like, yeah, write all those things down. And then let's distill some of it down to something. 
Um, and it really, um, for me, I think that the biggest thing looking back when we started taking on this undertaking to rework them since our team has grown and we have so many more um, needs and desires and wants that um, are in place now, it's a matter of like, it lacks so much organization. Yeah. Um, and it was so, too much. It was, there were seven things. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe I'm not that smart, but I can't really recall <laughs> seven things all the yeah. time in the context of the rest of uh, the rest of my day. And uh, it wasn't organized. There was lots of overlap in between the different uh, ethos or values that we had on, on there. And you said it best, man. It was just like things that we thought were good to live by. But uh, I don't know. It's that old saying, right? If anyone can make something complicated, but it's a lot harder to make the same thing be really simple. And uh, I think that was our, our misstep the first time around. Yeah. I think uh, uh, one of the things like that really comes to mind with me is that like more is not always better, right? Right. More is not always better. Um, and I think the important thing that came up from identifying our new core values was it, um, it needed to be something to measure against mm -hmm. where before it was just thoughts, you know, on paper that were cool, but it wasn't something that it wasn't concrete enough to where you could measure a decision or you could measure a result against. Um, it was more touchy feely stuff that just, you know, we did have a pretty graphic though. Yeah. We had a, a nice pretty picture and, uh, that pretty picture was basically useless. Um, that's what it comes down to is, you know, Jake wrote a note here. We, we, you know, keep some cliff notes on what we want to talk about on these podcasts. And there's one that's kind of beating me up right now, but it's true. They, for all the thought we put into it, all the effort we put into it, they didn't end up meaning anything because we weren't using them. They weren't guiding our company. And that's what it comes down to. And like, to put this on myself, like I always try to do, that's a leadership fail at the end of the day. And I mean, you know, Jake and I are leading a, a real team and it's, it's a leadership fail to not give them the set of values to unify behind and to make sure that that they're able to independently uh, evaluate their own behavior and performance and actions and thought processes to make sure it's aligned with the company. So it was a it was a pretty graphic and not much more at the end of the day. Yeah, and we and we at the time we made that graphic, we were a team of four, and then when we stretched from a team of four to a team of twelve, there's some big gaps when you tell people things, but then you don't have something concrete enough to say like, Hey, these are the cool guiding principles. This is what we mean. This is what our company means. This is what right. we stand for. This is what we measure against. Um, and this is what it means to be a part of our team. Uh, when you go from four to 12, there's a big gap in there and it, you gotta have that figured out, man, you got to have it figured out. And we didn't, I mean, we did a great job verbalizing a lot of things and really, but we still missed the mark on ingraining it in our culture from right. day one to say like, Hey, when you're thinking about something, relate back to this, like, right. like look at this and see if, if anything you're doing right now kind of resonates. And, you know, because that is like anyone that's listening to this podcast that has a business or a family or friendships, like, Emotion happens. No doubt. Emotion happens. And like some of those things, when you're in those uh, emotional moments, you don't have clear judgment. Right. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's one of my favorite books. It's on like page 17 in that book where it says- <laughs> Who's counting? Yeah. Who, uh, if I really nailed it on page 17, someone let me know. That would be kind of cool. But it's somewhere in the very beginning where it just talks about when you interact with people, you're dealing with creatures of emotion, not creatures of logic. Um, and so a lot of times- we all have emotion and having something logical to go back against um, is something that we way underestimated. Yeah. And I personally need that. I'll be the first to admit, you know, I, um, there's one of our core values in particular, our new ones, and we're going to go over what they are today. Um, there's one in particular that I slip on sometimes, and it's really good to, um, to have this 
to be able to judge my own behavior. So, I mean, it's not about, and, and to be clear, it's not about we hired a team and then we realize the team doesn't reflect our values. That's not what we're saying at all. I don't want this <laughs> Definitely to be misconstrued. Not. <laughs> our team is amazing and we'd be nowhere without them. Um, what, what it means though, is that I think that we weren't all necessarily using the same set of criteria to base our actions on and to evaluate our our decisions. Well, I think our, and the fail that maybe we own of that is that like, yes, we have amazing cultural fits for our company. Um, but there's a gray area around what sets them up for success from a culture standpoint. And the core values are where we can concrete that and we can really make it something that they can look at and feel a part of and own. Um, and it's been really fun to go through our, our rework, which, you know, brings us to like what we really want to talk about is how we reworked our core values to distill them down and make them something that we can measure against. And it was a team effort. Um, we looked at our old core values, you and I, and then, um, you gave a pretty good guiding light on what we, where we should go. And we talked a lot about them when we were at LTV conf and some of those conversations there triggered it. Um, and then once we had it, something that was a rough draft, we went right to someone that's smarter and writes better than both of us. (laughs) Um, and, and she's on our team and Hillary and said, Hillary, like, these are really important to us. And she had been working with us for a few months at that point. And so she got to see firsthand, in addition to what we wrote down, how we work as a company and how um, the things that are reoccurring on our weekly sync, um, the things that are common in our Slack channel, the things that we talk about when we do our podcast, the things. And so she was able to really look at what we came up with um, and then apply that to her role within the company and say like, hey, I think we can make this a good fit and um, made our words good words. Yeah. <laughs> You definitely got the meaning behind them and put some polish on it, which I'll always be grateful for. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it might be interesting before we go through our exact core values for uplaunch that we settled on is to talk a little bit about some loose criteria that might um, help you decide whether or not if you've taken a stab at this before, if it's good or not. I'll tell you the first one, um, just to call myself out directly, that really illustrated for me that we needed to do some work here is that... I didn't have it word for word committed, like blazed into my brain. And it's not for a lack of trying. It's because they were seven things. Each one had like three follow-up sentences. And I could tell you what the seven things were and the general meaning behind them. But the point is that um, if you're – and you really your whole team doesn't know this stuff cold, then they're not going to have it in a place in their brain where they can recall it and use it on the fly to, as a decision-making matrix or, you know, really for anything, it's an afterthought. It's something in your company wiki that you can go look at once a year in your leadership meeting. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. And so the, the biggest thing to take from that is that right now, if you have core values or you're thinking of taking a pass at core values, whatever you ultimately decide to come up with, it has to be something that a, as the leader of your company, you commit to memory um, and B, the people that are, are in your company can commit it to memory. Right. Um, and then on, honestly, one of the things that we talked a lot about, which is, will be the next step for our core values, is are there kind of tangible examples or guiding stories that we can tie back to the values of situations that we've been in or situations that we've experienced um, that can tie, you know, may, whether it be a person or something like that to, to tie a real world example back to our core values so that it resonates even more. Yeah. For sure. Um, it was, uh, it's funny because I think another really good way, especially for a first time founder is to look at the core values of companies that you respect and not just look at their values, but look at how they 
integrate those values into their day-to-day workflow, how they communicate those values internally and externally. There's such a an amazing trend going on right now about how like more and more companies are becoming extremely transparent with how they run from the inside, which is an amazing learning tool for a newer entrepreneur. So that was one of the steps that we went through. You know, we were lucky enough to hear some really good talks over the past couple of weeks. And so we used some inspiration from some of the stuff we learned there and we looked through companies we respected. And then we obviously looked internally because if you're copying core values from somebody else, it's BS, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of it, as far as drawing inspiration for me, was more about figuring out how to word it and how to communicate it than maybe what the actual values themselves were. And then we were able to kind of develop a framework and go from there. Yeah. I want to add on a little bit about like the companies you respect. And um, I think that there's a good opportunity for you guys to look at that. Like we follow a lot of companies, um, but there's always companies you gravitate towards reading their content. Mm -hmm. You know, you follow not only the CEO, but the CTO and the, you know, business development guy, you follow multiple people from their company because you're really enjoying the content that they produce. And so take out, you know, definitely the companies that you respect and then dwindle that list down to the companies like on a daily basis or once or twice a week, what companies are you following regularly? And have you looked at their core values? Because obviously what they're doing resonates with you. And so making sure that you can then go there and identify what their core values are and be like, okay, wow, like I'm tying that back to what they're doing with their social media presence, their blog presence, like all of that sure. stuff. And so I think that was something that I know after, um, you know, we really started talking about that. That's exactly what I did. I started like really dialing in like, Oh, I'm not going to go look at the hundred companies that I read content from. Like, which ones do I read like weekly daily right. and like really dive into their values and, um, what they're putting out there because I respect it. And, um, you know, I want us to mimic some of those behaviors. Totally. So, and we'll, uh, we'll drop some, uh, some of the companies that we used for this process in the show notes as well. I definitely want to give a uh, shout outs and credit where credit's yeah, right. due because I mean, there's everything we learn, we're learning from other people. <clears throat> yep, um, absolutely. So you want to drop them, dude? Let's drop them, man. Do Let me, it. Uh, get my iPad out here because I would love to be completely transparent with you guys. And I could tell you guys the hashtags, but honestly, this is new for us. Like right. we haven't even rolled these out to our team. They'll have these well before, um, this podcast drops. Um, people from our team have seen them um, and helped us with them. Yeah. Um, but it's new. Uh, it's new. And so uh, why don't you go with the, the first two and I'll read the last two or whatever you want to do. Yeah, right? sounds good. So first one is tell it like it is. Uh, and so the follow-up, each one of these is a short value um, and then a follow-up. So we share metrics, challenges, and goals. We're honest about both of our successes and our struggles. We're committed to eliminating information silos, working together and treating everyone fairly and honestly. Um, we live this internally now. We share every metric from our performance to the books, I mean, the financial books, everything, the goal setting, everything is fully transparent for every team member. And I think we are honest about what's going well and what's not going well. An area I think we're we can improve on this is as appropriate sharing some of the the wins and losses, the challenges, things like that with our customers. And honestly, just by doing a better job with our overall content strategy, just kind of putting ourselves out there because I think it, uh, 
you know, telling it like it is, you have to tell it. You have to, yeah. you have to tell the story. Uh, honestly, a lot of where this podcast came from is like, we were like, man, we need to do more. We need to do something. Right. Yeah. And so that is one thing before we, we read the next one, I just want to make sure that like core values are, are not necessary just to internal operations, which I think is something that a lot of people miss too, where, I want these to apply when when we talked about this as we were establishing and developing our core values, like when you're driving down the street and someone has a flat tire, like the same core values apply, the same willingness and and need. It it stems from business life to personal life. And that's really what um, makes it a little bit more impactful too. So definitely. Um, So the second one, never settle. This has been a personal belief of mine and of Jake's forever. (laughs) So we wanted to codify it into, into a value here. Good enough is not good enough. Um, anyone who's fire department, military, that phrase probably resonates. (laughs) You know, we chase excellence every day individually and as a company mistakes happen, but we're never complacent. We believe in challenging the status quo, asking tough questions, seek out professional development, challenge ourselves to learn new skills and pass along knowledge to the people around us. So that encompasses a lot about how any person on our team is expected to conduct themselves, right? Where the status quo is never like, we're never going to just accept something at face value. It's encouraged and expected to look at a process, figure out how to optimize it, look at a, at a user flow in our software and figure out how to make it 1% better for the customer. Look at yourself and figure out who you need to get coached by, what course you need to take, what book you need to read, what person you need to email to just make yourself a little bit smarter every day. Um, and just like a lifelong, I think commitment to learning is a huge one. So such an amazing value within the business, but also carries over into the personal life, which I love, you know, always being willing to do more to improve. Number three is my personal struggle. So Jake, go ahead, (laughs) go ahead and smash me with it. Uh, All right. So uh, number three, lead with optimism. Uh, Trust isn't earned at Uplaunch. Instead, we default to a state of trust from the beginning. We assume the people we're working with are honest, intelligent, and highly capable with pure intentions. Even if we're having a tough conversation, we approach it with the belief that the other party is passionately advocating for what they feel is best for our customers, our team, and our company. Um, And I think in life, every single person struggles with this. This is not unique to you or me or our company. This is something that um, if we really just as a society get behind something like lead with optimism and know that... um, humans are naturally goodwilled right. and they're not trying to necessarily do something mischievous or dishonest or anything like that. They're trying to do good. And sometimes people are backed into a corner where I love that. My favorite is the bread scenario, right? Where, um, and this is a cool little story to tell. Um, if someone steals a loaf of bread, is it right or wrong? It's absolutely wrong in the eyes of someone looking at it as black and white as that they stole bread until they're taking bread for a starving child that's outside, you know, and there's a lot of ways that you can frame that. And of course we can play devil's advocate. They could work for the bread and do it, but there's so many different things where we can look at a situation and take it at face value and really miss the mark. And so really looking at that from an, with an open mind and, and with optimism is um, something that we're going to keep working on and keep developing. So yeah, definitely, I think for me, um, you know, as the person who it usually falls to, uh, to evaluate situations, um, I think the biggest thing is, is that I try to coach myself internally is just ask more questions, Yeah. right? Ask more questions, do more listening and shut up for a minute and, and take the information in and be an active listener. Because I think that a lot of times when, you know, reflecting on this, when I found that I haven't led with optimism and I've assumed something was worse than it actually is, it's because I didn't spend enough time asking questions or gathering information before I, uh, made a decision or made a judgment and, 
dove in head first. And once you dive in, it's tough to dive back out again. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you guys an amazing resource right now that summarizes exactly what Matt just said. It's a book called The Co- Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever. And so basically, um, it's an amazing coaching book that revolves around asking questions. I know one of the amazing questions is there when you're having um, difficult conversations with people once they've aired their grievance or once they've talked about something that um, might be bothering them, you follow that with what else? Yeah. Because that way you can get more to the root of the issue that they're discussing. So we'll link in show notes to that. It's an amazing book. Definitely for anyone that's in a leadership position. Great read. If you wanted to ask me to read a book. You didn't have to wait till we were on a podcast. You just <laughs> asked me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We'll see things like this don't come up unless we do the podcast. And go, then, uh, so it's good. All right. Number four, hit it. Number four. This is my, um, I love this one. When is a team up launches a team sport, no matter how large we grow, we'll always put a sh- Strong focus on cross-functional teamwork and extreme ownership. Um, Shout out to Jocko. Uh, This means that we ask for help when we need it, and we never blame some other department for our issue or misstep. Our performances, successes, and failures are owned by one and all. As a result, we help each other grow, learn, and succeed. Definitely. I love this because... um, Team player, you know what I mean? Like egos aside, like we are one team on one mission and our mission is to uh, help as many people as possible that we can do. And uh, the second we start pointing the finger and blaming um, and playing that game is is when things will go south. And so I think anybody that has been a part of a team or an organization that plays the blame game knows the writing is on the wall for something to implode. Yep. Um, and so living by that, um, you know, following before that, lead with optimism uh, is going to make you work as a team. Never settling is going to make you better all the time. And tell it like it is is going to make sure that we're honest with each other and we continue to grow as a company. And so um, we'll definitely link our core values in the podcast. Um, if you sum it up, it gives you honest people who are working to be smarter, who are optimistic and assuming good intent, who all work with each other. Which is pretty amazing. You lead those core, lead with those four core values, and uh, think your organization will be in pretty good shape. Matt Verlack just hit a dinger out of the park <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, those are uh, those are what we broke it down to. And you know, we wrote the we went back and forth on format. You know, I'm a details guy. We went back and forth on format a lot, not just about the number of values where I eventually said to Jake four. Yeah. Because I just think any, anything more than that is too yeah, much. Yeah, it's too much. Um, and also, you know, what you want people to be able to remember and recall. And it is a there's a line that you straddle between being too verbose and writing a page on each one versus not having enough substance where people who might not get it initially can read it and really think about it. And so, you know, when I look at this, I don't expect every single person to know the three or four follow-up sentences by yeah, heart. I mean, we're not memorizing stuff for the sake of memorizing stuff. Uh, the point is to be able to just know the the four little taglines and the intent behind them and be able to use them to kind of evaluate your own behavior, your own internal processes, and the, the decisions that you make for yourself and as a leader if you're leading a team. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, and my goal uh, for, for us as our team is we continue to live by these values and make them a part of our day-to-day is that things will come up that we will be able to measure against this. It's already happened since Mm -hmm. then. And then we'll be able to tell stories related to these. And a lot of times the stories are going to be more impactful than 
the words that are on this, but it goes into that category. And then we start building a story around how we live up to this and the challenges that we faced in doing it. And just like we said, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make mistakes as long as we're striving and we're never settling for the mistake. And and that's really what it, what matters. And I think over time, it'll be cool to have a follow-up episode once we have four or five or six or eight or 10 stories yeah. that go against um, not necessarily against our core values, but go complementary to our core values that show how we were able to leverage them in certain situations to be better as an organization. Yeah. And, and that's what I think to close this up, like that's what the big difference feels like for me now is as recently as this morning, there was a particular situation that I feel like I didn't manage as well as I could have. And Jake because he's Jake, he's a wonderful <laughs> co-founder to have an accountability partner. If you want an accountability partner for anything, just call Jake. I'll give you his phone number. But the, the point is, I was uh, I was reflecting on how I handled this particular situation, and I kind of recounted the facts to him. And he said, "Yeah, man, lead with optimism." Didn't do it that time, did you? <laughs> and I said, "He didn't quite say it like that." He's looking, I, was he's looking myself, I was throwing myself under the bus too because I was frustrated that we had a loose conversation about it and I did not consider that. Like it was both of us missing the mark on something that we literally created. We want our company to live by. We want to live by our judgment was a little bit fogged with emotion and we just wanted to take action to resolve a situation and we didn't cross-reference our core values. And that was so eye opening to me. Yeah, me too. I literally was like, I just sat and kind of like in quiet silence for a minute because I was so disappointed in myself. Yeah. And that was definitely something that I was like, damn, we missed the mark. Missed the boat. So uh, it's all good. The sun will come up tomorrow. We're going to do it better. Yeah, exactly. So, But that's the first time, like, I think that it, there's been a specific core value of any organization that I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of a number of them in various parts of my life where I could understand a, a specific action that related to my day-to-day and that will come up again. And I handled it a certain way. We'll call it plan A. And then <laughs> I thought about the core values, realized that plan A ran counter to it. And I know that tomorrow when that same situation comes up, I'm going to use plan B instead. And that's a, it's a crazy behavioral shift based off of something that six months ago was just checking a box. Yep. So I think it's super cool. Yep. Which I love it. And that is the best place to leave this podcast. Yep. Goes right into the core values, never settling, always seeking that self-improvement and doing better. So hope you guys have gotten a ton of value out of, um, our core values. Hopefully you can look at your core values and take a couple nuggets from it. Or if you guys have any feedback or things that um, shoot could improve what we just talked about, like totally. we'd, we'd love to hear it. So please, um, please do that. Make sure that you guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you subscribe to the podcast, you follow the podcast um, and we'll keep you guys updated real time. Yep. Thanks so much guys. Take care.